Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we are building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton from Lift and Love, and I will show you how to lean into your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter of Jenny Hunter Coaching. I will help you identify obstacles that could get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships and realizing the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons we've learned through our own lives, the experiences of families we've worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Hello, our Lift and Love community. We're so excited. I mean, we're really, really excited tonight. We're a little bit gaga about who our guests are tonight. We have the infamous Ben Chalotti and Charlie Bird. I feel like there should be clapping. Should we clap? Hey, guys. And I, I love the appropriate use of the word infamous. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I'll tell a little bit of the bio because... I'm sure I don't need to, but just just in case you've been living in a closet and you don't know either one of these men, um, Ben has written a book, A Walk in My Shoes, and Charlie has written a book. And are they um, without the mask? Are these books New York Times bestsellers yet? Because they should be. Yes. Yeah, international bestsellers. International bestsellers. I mean, honestly, if you've not read these books, you need to. And they co-host the podcast Questions from the Closet. That is hilarious. And they have really funny guests. So if you've missed that, go to Apple or any of the places and get the podcast because it is a great resource. And Ben works at BRU as a honor code administrator and adjunct professor. And Charlie is getting his master's in social work at BYU. And so today we are going to talk to them about their podcast and their experience with it and things they have learned. Because once again, if you haven't listened to this podcast, you need to go subscribe now. It is amazing and it's so entertaining and it'll teach you and expand your heart. So Allison, do we want to start? Yeah, I, I would suggest you start with my favorite episode or one of my top episodes, uh, 37. And it's called, Is There a Place for Me in the Church? Oh, that rocked everybody. Yeah. I, uh, when I listened to that, I was actually driving and I had to pull over. I was sobbing so hard listening yeah. to their story. This is where Charlie and Ben get really real. And you were with your friend. McKay. McKay. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, I think it's, one of the most important episodes for, I think it's one of the most important things for anyone in the church who has questions about our LGBTQ people to listen to about it how it feels to be in the church. Yeah. It, it still honestly haunts me guys. And yeah. I sent it to three of my really close friends who have no LGBTQ family or children. And they all responded back to me said, okay, how can we do better? So 37, I mean, what, what response did you guys get from that? Yeah, so that episode wasn't a planned episode. Um, I had had this experience watching Love, Victor with a friend, and then we were talking about it after, and I just realized that she's like, how are things for gays in the church? And I was like, honestly, it's bad. It's really bad. And then she and I had a really good conversation. I came home. At the time, I was living with Charlie and McKay. They were both my roommates. And I just kind of unloaded, and we like had a really emotional night. And then I like wrote on my journal about it and cried, and Charlie was like, we have to talk about this. And so the next day we just sat down and talked about it. It wasn't planned or prepared. It was just, we just felt. So you had no preparation on that one. No. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, I, I guess you could say we had like a lifetime preparation. Well, there. yeah, good point. Well, good and point. it was just one of those things that unfolded so naturally. And I think usually we, we try to keep 
both of us try to keep very clean voices because if we don't, it's easy to lose people, right? You have to like um, put a message out in a way that someone's going to be able to digest. And, and I don't mind doing that. Actually. I, I I kind of like that. Um, Yeah. You guys really veer on the positive. I I think, you know, you have to like, like there's so many positives about being gay and it's, right. there's so many messages of negativity and like, yeah. everyone's depressed anyway. So <laughs> no, I think that's so. so important. We try and do that because yeah. we feel like we're really counteracting a lot of negative and being the parent of a, a gay child is such a blessing, yeah. like my ultimate blessing Yeah. Um, as far as I, how I relate to the savior. So yeah, yeah. I, I like that. So with this episode, we just kind of just shared what we were actually thinking. And I think we were a little bit more unfiltered mm-hmm. and um, that was able to kind of shine through some of the the hurt that we hold on to that maybe you don't see on Instagram or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we're honest in all, all of our episodes, but we just kind of felt the need to just be a little more yeah. blunt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the voice that people don't usually hear because it gets cleaned up by the time it's either comes out in such anger or it comes, or, or it's filtered by the time most people hear about it, or it's secondhand or thirdhand. So hearing it for hearing the real pain, and both of you close to tears, yeah. is, it's so important. And Jenny and I, we talk about um, part of our baptismal covenant is actually looking at people's pain yeah, and sitting in the pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the feedback from that episode has been amazing. We've heard more from, about that episode than any other episode. I, I, I checked the email and responded to emails. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it really touched a lot of people. People are saying, yeah. we, we get it. And it's interesting, like, you know, I, most of my days are good. Like, I have good days, but sometimes I have bad days. And sure. just like a few weeks, I was having a bad day. And for some reason, I decided to listen to this episode again. And, like, it was so crazy like the thing i needed to hear was like something charlie and i had both of the episodes like lifted me up mm-hmm. and so it's it's really neat to have like my own words and like my friend's words yeah lift me up in a time when i need them well you know it's interesting because as devastating as it was to hear you i was driving to provo as i was from park city to provo so i got to go down that beautiful canyon and this feeling of like hope and like progress and all sorts of like just just a faithful feeling kind of flooded me like things are changing and getting better, but it was, it was through the pain. Just the fact that you both are staying here and listening to your experiences and you're both choosing to stay here testifies that the Lord is with you, guiding you. Right. And um, that you're staying and it it really strengthened to me, your whole body of work, like being that vulnerable and that raw, um, it's just, you got to go listen to it. 37. We highly recommend it. It will change your heart. It, you can't listen to that podcast without having a heart change for sure. Yeah. Take tissue. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Okay. So how did you guys find your way together in this? Like, mean, how like, did you get together? How did like, you two get together? Like romantically? Yes. <laughs> or not. That, that has yet to happen. <laughs> At least on that. my end. <laughs> ben, do you have any confessions? Never no, no confessions. You know what so, they say about friends. No, no, no just good friends. <laughs> That's how it always starts. They say two tens can't be friends. <laughs> oh. um, so actually, Ben and I met, I was doing my undergrad at BYU, and Ben was doing um, his master's in social work and was also teaching a uh, Spanish class. Mm-hmm. And um, Ben was working on a working group, like an LGBTQ plus working group with administration. Um, and I ended up coming out to the athletic director that 
semester and Ben had already, already been working with them for a while. This was not, was this Liz Darger? Yeah, this was okay. Liz. Uh -huh. So I came out to Liz and then um, she like pulled me because they didn't have a representative of, of athletics as part of this group because there weren't any out gay athletes. So I got kind of pulled into the group and met Ben and is that how we met? Well, that's how we became that's, friends. We, we met affirmation. Yeah, we met the affirmation. I forgot. Conference. We met because Ben asked me on a date. That is not true. <laughs> uh -oh. Charlie was like this lonely, sad gay. And I was like, do you want to grab lunch sometime? Like, so we could chat. I wasn't asking him on a date. <laughs> so I was like, I And you thought it was a date. <laughs> I, well, I, I was just terrified. Yeah, we were in this conference. And I was I'm like, very scary. I was I like, did a BYU professor just ask me out? Were you out already? No. Mm. Mm -mm, you no. were just there as an ally? Well, I was there. I don't know what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. I was there. Yeah, but Ben, did you know? God, right? uh, I mean, the way he was dressed, obviously, he had this like really nice, like white leather jacket. It was <laughs> it's like way too good for <laughs> That's where the division, <laughs> it's like the next level of pride, right? Okay. How did you decide to do the podcast together? Yeah, so the podcast was kind of my brainchild. Someone recommended that I do it, and I initially wasn't interested. And and my friend just said, you know, we should have a podcast where you just answer people's questions, like a panel of people. And so I that was my initial idea. And I talked to someone at BYU Broadcasting who did podcasts and just gets my ideas. And he said, don't get a panel. You need to have two co-hosts every episode, then one guest. That way there's some continuity. I was like, who do I want to have do it? And I asked two people, and then I asked Charlie. <laughs> I was a third Her? time. Yeah. And, and what, and Charlie was living in New York at the time. So I think it just didn't occur to me that he could do it. Then once I like thought about Charlie, I was like, of course, Charlie is the perfect person to do this with. Oh, I, yeah. You're such a good combo. Like how you play off each other. It's so entertaining. It's perfect. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's great. I mean, what a, what a concept just to be able to tell the stories and to be one of the things Jenny and I hear all the time is how much uh, you two help parents yes understand i think your story of god loves the flowers or jesus, jesus made the flowers yeah. i have to say like i felt like kind of a like a with it veteran mom of a gay kid and i was listening to that heading down to byu to see my son one day and like i realized where i was stopping myself letting him be who he was Mm -hmm. I picked him up and I'm like, let's, he loved to knit. I'm like, let's go get some yarn. And, you know, I was like all in like you be you. And even though I thought I was doing such a great job, there were moments where I would stop that kind of like him expressing himself. And I loved that story. So our, our parent, it really resonates with our parents. And then uh, I think it's even almost more powerful for the kids who just need to see themselves in you too. And, you know, and, and that's who we're like, a lot of people listen to the podcast, but our primary audience, like who I picture myself talking to is LGBTQ BYU students and their mm -hmm. parents. Yeah. Right. So I want them to not feel alone, to discuss the questions they're asking and then to say, hey, I liked this. Mom and dad listen to this too. Yeah. 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 And just to be able to open up dialogue. Great idea. I, yeah, because like one of the most important ones I think I listened to was um it was not it, I don't know how, I forgot I should get the number put in the show notes. It's just like fan club and, and I'm like equal parts uncomfortable and loving. <laughs> the one where you're talking about um just like how gay children gay kids get preyed on and how it's bad. Oh um 
why is gay culture so promiscuous? Yes. We got some for that. You know what? My son kind of experienced that. And I wish like I had been aware of that as a parent before he went out to Utah. Yeah. yeah. You know? So what bad. number is that? I talk a lot to Jake about that because you sort of stifle that part of yourself. When it finally comes out, it's a little more immature, right? Yeah. And when you- it's 44, episode 44. 44. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when, when you think about how you were when you're a teenager and the way mm-hmm. you respond to like, like feelings of, of like love and infatuation, you, know, you think you're in love when you're really not like, it's just, you like someone and then you are willing to do almost anything for them to like you back. Right. Yeah. And, you know, straight kids get to mature with their peers and their family around and, and LGBTQ kids don't get that experience. And so they're adults with adult resources when they're learning these lessons that people often learned before. Right. And it's usually in like kind of secrecy, especially if you're not out, like dating when you're not out can be very scary because you're not telling anyone where you are, who you're around. There's no way to kind of like legitimize anyone. There's a lot of anonymous apps, things like that. And it gets very dangerous very quickly. Yeah. And I, I tell these kids who are starting to date, like you call me after you go on a date, like you let yeah. me know, like, involve me involve your friends like people need to know what's going on in your life you know we talked a while ago um and you gave great advice that when you have to hide you hide in dark places Mm -hmm. and you know you're hiding in cars or close behind closed doors and and that's not a healthy place for our kids we want them we want them to be able to do what they do do what they want to do out in the open and be proud and and dark places are not a good place for our children to experiment and well that's where shame lives yeah yeah and it's dangerous shame fear-based decisions they're they're usually not healthy yeah that was good advice by the way but and and not to like put add pressure to both of you guys but as parents of lgbtq there is no handbook and i love that you guys handle the hard stuff for us like and it was from your experience and it's you know it's it's just another um resource for parents but it's like you don't go just to the light, fun things. You go to some really hard topics that help parents. Like, you know, in our mama support group or even on the pages, like we get so much like, well, go to questions from the closet. Like go, like a lot of people get directed your way. And I think you probably don't even know the impact um, that you've helped parents and how they are viewing their child and how they're helping their child and how they are giving advice to their child, like such in a healthier place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's super important. Okay, so let me ask you, how has this matched your expectation of what you thought? Uh, Charlie? (laughs) I remember looking for resources when I was um, still closeted. I hadn't told anyone, and it was very, very difficult to find resources. And when I did find them, they were really difficult to sift through. Um, It was like a lot of just like huge life stories it was hard to see myself and I'd be like, I have this specific question, but I can't ask anyone and there's there's no way to find an answer. Um, and I remember looking for podcasts, I would look for blogs and it was just, I'd find like a nugget here and a nugget there, but I was, I wanted like some sort of like resource, some place to go that was easily accessible that I could do kind of like in secret, you know? Um, so, cause I mean, nobody knew I was gay. And I think... And that's one of the reasons I'm so proud of what we're doing because it, this format is so easy to access anybody. If you have a phone, you can listen. If you have a Wi-Fi connection, you can listen. And 
the way I, I really, I really love the format, Ben. Like it, it was such a brilliant idea because now it's not just like, here's a life story, try to find what you need. It's like, here's a topic. And if I need that topic, I can go look there. And it's just been really helpful. So I think it's blown my expectations out of the water in that sense. Yeah. And I've been blogging for a while about being gay before this. I haven't blogged much lately just because I've got so much going on, but you know, a a good post would get like four or 5,000 hits. And I was really proud of that. So, and then like the ones went viral, get like 70,000 hits, but that was really rare. And so I was expecting similarly, like, like, you know, a couple thousand people might listen. And so I've been surprised and, and really grateful that, that so many more people I had expected listened and you know I, I work at BYU so I walk across campus all the time and and I get stopped once a week twice a week by students who are like are you Ben like I listen to your podcast like it's helped me so much and and it's been really gratifying to know that the people we're making this podcast for are actually benefiting from it yeah and, and I tell people, it grow? has it grown quite a bit with people listening to it yeah yeah it, it's a what's ben- your number one 70 or 37, 37. how many a- people I don't know Oh. I could look it up. I'm, I'm really not yes, sure. Or, but like, but I it, think it, million. <laughs> a million. A million. Not, not, not that much. No. It needs more. Yeah. We, we'll put it out again. Share it. Thanks. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, I haven't put it out for a while, but it was, I mean, it's so important. It is. And like Charlie said, I love how it is too, because like when a, a one comes up, it's so easy to share that one that is something particular, like if one of my clients needed or a mom's talking about, we're like, oh, go to this number. So yes, the, the brainchild, Ben, good job of how you the format. Thank you. And also it's made my life easier because people email me and they're like, I have a question about this. I'm like, just listen to this episode. Like I don't have to say the same <laughs> no, thing over no, and over again. Exactly. Here's all my wisdom. Okay. Let's see. Um, what is your favorite, Charlie? What's your favorite podcast that you've done? Um, I'll tell you which one was hardest for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was my favorite, but I, the the one about we we did about dating, I I was so nervous for that episode because I I like I just feel this need to like keep such a or I used to feel this need to keep such a squeaky clean image or else no one would listen to me. And Ben had dated one person like forever ago, and like and I'm like, like older and safer. Yeah, so. and like he like cleanly moved on from it. Like my dating was has been really messy you know um and i was in new york and i was kind of like this like we were just talking about like i didn't really know and i learned very quickly and i had some hard lessons and i was afraid to share that and it took like ben was like we really need to do an episode on dating i'm not ready i'm not ready it took me probably like five months Mm -hmm. to become comfortable with that but then i feel like the way it unfolded was really beautiful and, and helped a lot of people and freaked a lot of people out but it was honest and now I feel a lot less pressure too. That like, I don't know. I, I just, know. yeah, people know. And I, and I think, I don't know. I just, that was kind of like a release valve for me oh, good. to be able to be like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm more similar to some of you than you think, you know, I'm yeah. not like Deseret books, angel, gay, but that's I, me. that's <laughs> been, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I've worked through things. So I'm still working through things. And I think there's relatability there. And it was like, really helpful for me to be honest and solidify those lessons that I learned. Yeah. Really good. There are two episodes that I really love. One is episode nine or 10 called how do I reconcile my patriarchal blessing? Mm-hmm. And what I love We interviewed a patriarch for that one, Richard Bushman. And what I loved about that one was that's a conversation I had never heard before. 
Like, I think that's a resource that we created that has never existed before. Like a patriarch talking about what do you do when there's something in your patriarchal blessing that doesn't fit with your lived experience. Which and, is a and, huge pain point. I got to tell you. I mean, a huge, as you know, as huge pain point. My son, yeah. And, and when I looked at that episode, when we were done, I thought we didn't answer the question. But when we finished, I thought, I want to go read my patriarchal blessing and yeah. like, and like pondered again. So I love did that it, one. Did it change? Uh, did it change your reading a little bit? No, it, it didn't, but it, it kind of gave me like, helped me see things with fresh eyes. Okay. Yeah. And the other episode I love is should I go on a mission with, that we do with our friend, Sarah. And what I love about that episode, Sarah kind of flipped the script and started interviewing us. Mm-hmm. But the part that makes it one of my favorite episodes is at the end, Charlie shared a story that he had never shared before that he wasn't planning on sharing. And it was very evident that that was the story that needed to be shared. Mm-hmm. And it was just really beautiful to see the spirit working through Charlie to share a message that needed to be heard. And so listen to the episode, the last seven minutes are gold. Thanks, Ben. I love it. And I, what, it's something you said, Ben, which really struck me. We were like, we didn't answer the question. And you guys kind of do that on all of them where I love you have this way of like saying, listen, this is how it works for us. Like even the dating one, you were like, sometimes we were told to date. Sometimes we were told not to date. Like you give it like so much, um, everybody so much runway to like get their inspiration to figure it out, but, but there's enough wisdom in it to like help them guide it through whatever topic you're talking about, which I think you do beautifully, really well. I feel like in order to navigate this ambiguous space, you have to rely so much on personal revelation. And for a lot of years, I relied on other people's advice, whether Mm -hmm. it was a bishop or a blog, I would be like, this is working for them. That's what works. I'm going to do it. But there was always, all, and I can say that like positively, there was always an element to that that wasn't working and that was clashing with me yeah. as a gay person or me as a disciple of Christ. They're, like it never would fit. But when I kind of broke out of those shackles of like black and white thinking and started really relying on God and being open to different possibilities and like trusting that like Christ could lead me, and correct me if I went the wrong way, then I was really able to start making real progress and having a lot of healing. And I, I think that's like, that almost that really goes back into the way we like meet people when they come out rather than like give advice, you, you ask questions right. and then it helps both of you figure out where to move from there. I think it's just a much better approach. Okay. I love that because, you know, Jenny and I, that's what we do. We spend a lot of time working with parents who are, I say that people, um, parents, when they, their child comes out to them, it's almost like their parenting, all their parenting wisdom gets sucked out into the ether. And oh, they, yeah. they, they feel paralyzed almost. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the, the church and the bishop and the, mm-hmm. when really that's when you need to dig in and be like, okay, Lord, what's my next parenting move here? How do I, how do I work with this child? But there's, for some reason, we've got a disconnect between personal revelation and uh, LGBTQ families. And once you can connect that back together, people do really well. They just, they're back on it. And where the magic happens. Yeah, it really is. And like I told Allison, there's so many of my moms are like, I don't want to pray about this. Like they're afraid of the answer. And once we can get them over that hill, kind of like Charlie, like you, like once you got over the hill, like, no, I could pray and get my own answer. Then you saw magic in your life. And we see magic in these families. And they're like, wow, I had no idea that the Lord was so close to our family all the time. Yeah. And And, and you know what? Like I've been around for a while. I'm 37 and I've had every piece of advice given to me. Right. And, and as good as some advice is, it doesn't matter if it doesn't come like from a source that comes within. 
Mm-hmm. You know, whether you call it the Holy Ghost, whether you call it your gut or your internal value system, like the choices we make have to be our choices. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if people just tried to live like us, they'd be miserable. Yeah. They can make the exact same choices we make. And if they make them for the right reasons, then they'll be happy. Or they can make the exact opposite choices for the right reasons and also be happy and thrive. And so, you know, I, I don't, we don't have all the answers. We don't have any answers. You know, all, all the answers that matter for people are the answers that, that come from them. And it's been really fun to have different guests on who have very different lived experiences mm-hmm. and very different life choices. And we just have a blast together. And so hopefully we can showcase a bunch of different people. Yeah. And how they're doing it. I think, yeah, like you model a lot of different patterns of how to get answers and to get wisdom. So I think it's really great. Yeah. Okay. So there's probably not a worse, what's, what's been your hardest? Did you answer? You didn't answer your, no, you did. What's, what's the hardest one you've done yet? Episode. I think I kind of already answered that. That that dating was was really difficult for me. Yeah. And Ben was like, I loved a guy, and then we broke up. And I was like, oh, it's so easy for you. It's a, it's a little bit like when Jenny and I talk about our dating life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, but yeah. When you read Ben's book and you are reading about that relationship, like, oh, uh, my heart was breaking for you. That's like, what I said. You don't yeah. want him to break you up. Didn't, you didn't go into it on that dating episode as much, but, like, the book really... I, I was just breaking for you. Yeah. I get all Pollyanna. Well, something better is on the horizon. <laughs> like. So, so I... I, I'm just really open and vulnerable. Like I just have no secret. So recording the episodes hasn't been hard for me ever. I don't think. Um, but one of the episodes we recorded that we re-recorded was called "Should I Go to BYU?" Mm-hmm. And we yeah. we had a really like positive view about BYU in it. And, and like I work at BYU, so I had to be careful what I said. Um, and then afterwards, we were like, we didn't do that justice. We have to do it again. Yeah, it wasn't real. And so we re-recorded it in a way that was more honest and. And, uh, and I thought it turned out really lovely. Well, that's your brand is honesty, right? right. Like your lived experience. It has and, to be, you know? Yeah. And BYU, like my son is doing really well there. A lot of kids don't, mm-hmm. you know, and you said you scrapped one. Cause like, we're finding like, we're doing something right like, now. We're not going to publish that. Like how many times does that happen to you guys that you scrap it? Well, we wanted to do BYU with Ben. And then it was like, no, that wasn't right. Yeah. And really and we- what is important is that your resource. Right. We're the same. We end up telling people like, you know, three times a day I get, how do I this? How do I that? And what I need is like, a, like a Rolodex, like, oh, here's where you <laughs> yeah. go, you know, for this issue. I mean, oh, I'm sure we're so thankful because we don't have to teach everything. You guys teach a lot on your, yeah. Um, yeah. your numbers. Well, we don't know. I mean, we can only teach what we've experienced. Right. And your experience is so much more first level. We're second level. So you're not that it's, it is more valid. Your experience is more valid than ours. Ours is just through our son. Well, no, it's really good. It's really good. And it stays positive for the most part. I mean, I think we need to, you know, acknowledge the pain and stay positive. So if you had an opportunity to speak at general conference, what would you talk about? So I don't know, cause I'd want to pray about it. Uh, this was before I ever came out on my blog. Pretty answer. Uh, <laughs> so, so before I ever came out on my blog, I was uh, in doing my PhD in Arizona. And one day I like, didn't want to do my schoolwork. And so I thought, you know, if I was asking a talk on being gay, like, what would I say? And so I prayed about it and just like wrote out this talk for, for a couple hours that day. Then the talk ended up being about charity. Wow. And, and then when the first time I spoke publicly about being gay at the Tucson Institute, uh, I hadn't prepared any remarks. And I walked up to the, to the pulpit 
Um, I, I said, I was asked to talk today about my experience as a gay member of the church, but I'm actually here to talk to you about the atonement of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so, um, you know, so I've had like these moments where like, as I talk about being gay, I'm actually teaching true principles. And yeah. the principle that has meant the most to me most like lately has been the concept of building Zion mm-hmm. and building Zion by getting to know one another's hearts. So I think if I were to give a general conference talk now, I'd probably talk about in Zion and what that looks like. But Sharon Eubank already beat me to it in October 2020. So oh Sharon's so good. <laughs> but but uh I, I'm just really passionate about you know charity, the atonement, and building Zion. Ooh, all good subjects. Yep. What about you, Charlie? For me lately, I've kind of been on, I guess, a similar um mindset. I'm thinking about how we get to know God. Mm-hmm. And um I've I've had some really incredible experiences that have taught me that I'm a child of God. And like helped me feel that in a very real sense. And just like the, this idea that we are descendants of deity, that there is like, there's godliness in us. And um, as we're made in the image of God, that means that like each of us has a piece of God with us. And in order to understand who God is more fully, we have to surround ourselves with a diverse subset of people and interact with many types and kinds of God's children. I think sometimes we tend to disassociate from people who are different from us, whether it be for discomfort or worry or a plethora of reasons. But I really believe that as we get to, like, I guess it's similar, like as we get to know each other's hearts, as we have brave conversations, as we overcome whatever biases we have and see someone and know them deeply, we learn more about God. And I felt that in my life. And I think that's a skill that we could all work on and, and really grow stronger as, as a human family. Yeah. And, and building on that, you know, I, I, something I've been thinking about a lot too is just recently I was giving me a fireside and someone asked me, well, how do you deal with uncertainty? You know, the understanding that, you know, uncertainty is hard because what bad things are going to happen in the future. And I said, I said to this woman who asked the question, I said, well, that's called faith. Like mm-hmm. that's how you deal with uncertainty. And I said, the problem with uncertainty is we look at it as, you know, what bad things are going to happen. But what faith is, is what good things are going to happen that I haven't even thought of yet. And I said, you know, how is God going to surprise you in your life? And yeah. almost all the things I love that I'm doing right now are things that five years ago, I couldn't have even imagined. Yeah. Like God has surprised me in so many wonderful ways. So I guess I'd also want to talk about that. Like, like how is God going to surprise you? Can we speak in multiple sessions? Yeah. <laughs> no. Let's do like a Saturday morning and then, then, then pre-sit session. Oh, that doesn't exist anymore. But No. <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. I want you to talk and like, like, I hope you're at the next general conference speaking. Wouldn't that be amazing? No, wouldn't it be great? But that's what we're learning, right? We, I mean, parents that have really dug into this and uh, at least, I mean, I can speak for some parents. They find the gospel lessons, like the purest sense of the gospel, raising children. And you know what's so fun is they find themselves. Like I see these moms like blossom into these warriors of faith of Christ, like, like their LGBTQ child, like is the doorway to them becoming more powerful in themselves. And you, I would have never said that, right. I would never thought that would be like kind of what you said, Ben, like I would have never thought the growth that would come with this. And so I love seeing how God prevails in my life with, you know, when you just kind of sit back and you get surprised, like you said, it's really fun. We're finding that moms that are confident about themselves tend to be really good parents in this situation. I shouldn't say they tend to be good parents. They tend to do really well parenting mm-hmm. their children and navigating their family through this. Moms who are worried about their standing in the church or their 
oh, but what will people think? Or, you know, any of that, they tend to really struggle. The confidence and the confidence that Christ is with you is, yeah. is you know, as we say, confidence in Christ is really, once you get to that, you can really start doing amazing things as a parent. But I got to tell you, like um, the moms that we get to work with, like in our support groups and one-on-one, I, I don't know what the Lord's doing, but he's calling like the super moms. Like these women are just amazing and they're going to change the world for their children. Like they're, it's, it's going to be fun to see like so many stakes across the United States are starting now support groups because of the, the like the courage they have gotten and the advice they've gotten from each other. Um, it's just the landscape's changing in our church and that's fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last question for each of you. What does it mean to lift and love? Ben, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, I think everyone needs to be lifted in a different way. And so I think to lift and love, you really have to know someone's heart. And so in order to lift, you have to just really get to know people and let God speak to you about the needs of people, let people speak to you about their needs. I think that's what it, what it means to lift and love. And it's been really interesting to see how, you know, we're just some rinky dink podcast. Like we just started, like I, we didn't even we not call it rinky dink. <laughs> <laughs> you should see, you should see us when we record in like a yeah. basement. Yeah. <laughs> We're all sitting on our couch. But you must edit it really well. Yeah. And, and Charlie did all the editing, and we were overwhelmed with editing. And then this guy Mike just reached out and said, "Hey, I do editing as a part of my job. Do you guys need help?" And we said, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> and, and he helped. And then someone said, "Hey, you don't have a website. Do you want me to make you a website?" And we're like, "Yes." And just to see that people people show up when we need them. Yeah. And, and it's been really beautiful to see how like God has taken care of us mm-hmm. by inspiring people to help us. And, you know, hopefully we're doing the same thing. Like we're being inspired to lift other people. And so I think that's what it means to lift and love. Like where, where are the needs, where are the gaps? And then letting God inspire us to fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So okay, Charlie. Yeah. I feel like each of us have been given talents and abilities. And I, I think a lot of times I've been very guilty of this in the past too. I want to lift somebody else's thing, right? Like, like I want to be successful as somebody else. But I think if you can like truly like have this radical acceptance of who you are and how you were created and what you can do and work within that space, you can accomplish phenomenal things. And God doesn't need like two of one person. He needs like, two different people and we complement each other and the way we can work together. And, and I've just seen that. So, so incredibly the, the, the way to succeed is to be yourself mm-hmm. and, and shine that to other people and, and give that confidence to others. And I, I think that's so indicative of this space when we're talking about LGBTQ plus families and, and how to operate there. If you can just accept who you are, trust that God has you and operate within that space the like the sonic waves that will come from that are going to make everybody else around you better. Yeah. And you know, people ask us all the time, like, you know, what do we do to help? What I often tell them is, I don't know, but what prayer would God be more anxious to answer than how mm. can I build Zion? How can I lift others? Yeah. And so I encourage people, I say, I don't know what you should do, but, but God knows. So pray about it, ponder about it. And you'll know how to lift them up. I love that. Cause I have this vision of us all in the vineyard and we're all working at different, you know, and that's exactly what both you guys said. Like we all have a different way to prune the tree and to do these things. And 
Like that is what God needs us to do. Like, and I was thinking like your podcast, you're both so different. It would be so boring if you were the same. It's so fun how you guys are you different. imagine two bands? Oh, I would, <laughs> I'd already be asleep. Too much wisdom. <laughs> oh my word. Oh, you guys are awesome. And you've done such good work helping, helping us, helping our families, helping our children. And we, it, it's, it's not easy. I know there's a price to be paid for um, all of this and we appreciate the price you pay and what you do. The contribution you give and keep giving it. Don't stop. It's our gift to the world. So yeah. it's doing some good. You both are the gift to the world, a gift to the world. And we are grateful for you. Yes. Thank you for coming and talking with us. And hopefully we'll have another conversation in the future when it like your podcast gets super busy and you have a whole nother level of like awareness and the surprises that God's going to give you. I can't wait to hear chapter two. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for joining our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you like what we share, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a five-star rating. For more tips and resources, follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Lift and Love Org and Jenny Hunter Coaching. You can also go to liftandlove.org for loads of information and entry into our free support groups. If you're interested in personal coaching, sign up at jennyhuntercoaching.com. The first appointment is free. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.